For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Thinking of starting a podcast? We'll try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. The Cavs were able to fight their way back to their 20th win of this young season in a game that was at times sloppy, frustrating, and very much back and forth. Now, heading into this game, I felt pretty confident that this would be a comfortable victory over an opponent missing their best player, one that just so happens to be one of the top five players in the world, and Luka Doncic. And hell, we just beat them at their house. If that don't make you feel good about your chances of beating them without Luka, I don't know what will. But it was anything but comfortable due to a myriad of reasons, but none bigger than Kimball Walker relentlessly attacking Darius Garland and company. This was only Kimba's third appearance of the season, and just purely based off of what was seen in his two previous games, you wouldn't think that he would have been as much of a threat as he was. But man, this guy was speeding around the court all game long, using angles, a bevy of screens, and timely shooting to frequently attack the Cavs inside, and it often seemed like Cleveland had no answer. He dropped 32 points and shot 12 of 25 from the field. And I felt like he did most of his damage by driving inside past Garland, who couldn't keep up at times, and by taking the right angles against the Cavs' bigs. He wasn't terribly efficient shooting from range, as he was just 4 of 13 from outside. And I guess we really probably shouldn't be too surprised about that. Now, Kimba has always been capable of putting up big numbers, and there's a reason why he carries around a career average of 19.4 points per game. The guy can flat out score. The four-time All-Star is in a pretty good place right now in Dallas, working in a reserve role behind Luka. And I could see him carving out a pretty consistent role with the Mavs this season. I honestly kind of hope he does. Uh, He signed a rest-of-season contract with the Mavs that can enable him to reestablish his value ahead of the unrestricted fringe period of next offseason. And, I mean, he's only 32. After a hiatus that followed a pretty disappointing stint with the Knicks, where he would average just a career low of 11.6 points in just 37 games. Uh, Walker appears to still have something left in the tank, and I mean, I really hope so. I, I tremendously enjoy this guy when he's when he's healthy, when he's given an opportunity, and it kind of just didn't seem like he had that while with the Knicks. Um, you know, elsewhere for the Mavs, Christian Wood did his thing, and he ended up scoring 26 points and grabbing 14 rebounds and, you know, putting up the double-double. And that's a hard man to contain. 
because he can play out on the perimeter as well as use his size inside. Uh, Wood actually completed the most three-pointers of anyone tonight with five. How many times can you say that about a team's big man? Um, I I wish we could, you know, at, at times in regards to the Cavs. Uh, we kind of know what we got with Jared Allen in that regard. Um, will he ever develop a three-point shot? Probably not. I mean, but it would be nice if he could space the floor at some capacity. But even if he doesn't, um, you know, he does so many other things very well that it just doesn't matter as much as it would for some teams, especially when you consider that we do have um, a resident unicorn type of player in Evan Mobley also sharing the court alongside him, who is working on that aspect of his game. And I think we'll eventually get there. Uh, we've now seen Evan Mobley knock down um, pretty important three-pointers in back-to-back games, which has been really awesome to see because he's had some downright clutch threes coming off feeds from Darius Garland both times, I believe, which is just such a good sight, especially when you don't have that perimeter presence from Jared Allen, uh, a guy who's mostly, you know, um, tends to stay closer to the rim in regards to the lob attempts and maybe the occasional hook shot. So it, it is good to see Evan Mobley do that. But I say all that to say that that trade is definitely working out for the Mavericks. I think that's pretty safe to say at this point. Now, uh, back to the Cavs. Uh, this was by no means a decisive and comfortable victory. Like I said before, Cleveland gutted out a win that wasn't pretty. And at the very least, though, it should be celebrated. That's that's kind of my point here. Like, not all wins are created equally. A win is a win is a win is a win. Doesn't matter how you get the job done. When you look back at this on the in, in the records, you know when, when you're looking at the seating come playoff time, nobody's going to care about this early or mid mid December matchup. Nobody's going to care about that. All they're going to look at is did you win or did you lose? And guess what? Cavs won. That's something that should be celebrated. Um, and they have now proven on numerous occasions that they can win pretty and they can win ugly. And tonight was kind of a case where they, they won an ugly basketball game, one that a lot of people, including myself, expected them to go out and win pretty comfortably. Uh, but despite that, you know, despite the fact that they did not shoot the basketball well at all, um, you know, they, they ended up just seven of 36 from range and, that's good for just 19.4%, folks. Even the potential MVP candidate in Donovan Mitchell struggled in that area. And we know that is quite uncharacteristic of him. He went one of nine from range and just couldn't find his rhythm from distance. But that didn't stop him in any way from scoring in, in, in other ways, which is pretty awesome to see. Now, I continue to be impressed by his sheer strength and ability to finish plays inside and draw contact at the rim. Spider actually took a game-high eight free throws and knocked down six of them. Um, you know, maybe you – know, and I've always consistently said this since since trading for him, and you guys know my history in regards to that. I was not truly excited about that trade at the time of it happening just because I felt like there was a lot that was sent out. Uh, but, you know, in time, obviously, he's dispelled that notion because he's played at an MVP caliber level. And, you know, time will tell if he'll end up getting that type of praise. A lot of people seem to think that he won't just because it's so damn hard. And you guys have heard Corey say this a lot. Um, it's it's very hard for point guards to win that award. 
Um, you know, if you're not Steph Curry and you're not a f- consistent flamethrow shooter from range and you're not doing things at levels that nobody's ever seen before, uh, as a point guard, you're going to have a very tough time winning that award, especially in today's day and age where, you know, it often seems like wings are, are the new craze here. <laughs> um, it's just very hard, very tough award to see a point guard winning anytime soon. And I think as time goes on, I think he's going to start to get more and more of that recognition that he deserves in regards to that award. But I don't know. I'm not going to be mad if he doesn't, as long as it means the Cavs are winning games. And that's what they're doing. Donovan Mitchell was not the only Cavalier to kind of struggle on the night. Um, You know, we continue to talk about Darius Garland. And tonight, I didn't think necessarily that he struggled from an overall sense, because when you look at his stat line, 18 points, seven rebounds, 12 assists, four steals, one block, that's not what you consider struggles at all. The one area where you can probably nitpick with Garland's game, and um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give Garland props because I believe this is the second game in a row where he's turned the ball over zero times. I could be wrong in that regard, but I believe he has now posted – back-to-back games without a turnover, which is pretty good considering people have been getting on his ass about that. Um, the other part of the game that you can – well, the, the part of the game that you can really nitpick is the shooting. 8 of 18 is not bad by any sense. It's 44.4% from the field, but he also struggled from range 1 of 6. I don't know if that was because of the defense was just forcing him to take some shots that he was uncomfortable with. I'm not sure if he was just missing some shots that you know you would really consider him to make most of the time. It just really seemed as if nobody was, was on. It just kind of seemed like nobody was able to make these shots when you needed them to. Uh, well, maybe that's not the case. Nobody was able to make the shot with any type of consistency because you obviously have to make timely shots in order to pull the game down uh, and get the victory. But Garland, just like Mitchell, kind of struggled from range. You know, outside of the backcourt there, when you look to the front court, the player in, in my mind that sticks out most is probably – Isaac Okoro, not even Evan Mobley, because Evan Mobley was un, was fantastic tonight. 17 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Another game in which he posts 4-plus assists. And, you know, I, I said this the last time, and I continue to believe it. Evan Mobley is not going to post numbers like the Joker in regards to assists. He's not going to post 9-plus, 8-plus assists on a night-to-night basis. But anytime your big man can go out and dish four-plus assists, that's pretty damn good. His vision, his feel for the game, his passing ability in general is just off the charts for his age and his position. Awesome to see a seven-footer go out and, and play like that. But again, to me, the biggest standout here was Isaac Okoro, who was kind of on from the jump. Now, when you look at the stat sheet, I know that 10 points does not pop at all. Uh, and the 0 for 4 from three-point range is not sitting well with a lot of people because it continues to be an issue that plagues him, just like Lamar Stevens before him. Um, but 5 or 11 from the field, cutting when needed, and being a wrecking ball in transition, these are all things that contribute to Isaac Okoro having a pretty good game. 
Um, only suited up for 26 minutes, you know, not not nearly as much as the rest of the starters. You see Evan here with 36, Jared with basically 40, Donovan Mitchell with the 42, and Darius Garland with almost 44 minutes. Um, but he made the most of his opportunities out there. He grabbed some boards, you know, played some some pretty high-level defense on the likes of Tim Hardaway Jr. and others. Um, so it was pretty good to see him go out there and be impactful because uh, like the biggest knock on Isaac has been, can this man hit a three-point shot? Can this man play consistent basketball? Can he add anything offensively on a consistent basis? This is a night in which you can feel pretty good about him, You know, not necessarily being a one, two, or even three, or even four, maybe the fifth option on offense and still being able to, you know, provide something offensively. So I feel good about that. Hopefully he continues to carry that over. I'm not sure when, if, when Lamar Stevens and Dean Wade are, you know, back in the lineup, if Isaac is going to see that amount of minutes, but it was still nice to see that. Um, So good for him. And then you go to the bench here. Uh, what can you say about the bench that has not already been said and build, said a million times over? They continue to struggle to put up points. Now, ever since Kevin Love has come back from his injuries, you know, his latest injury, I think the back injury, he just not shot the ball well at all. He was able to chip in nine points, pull down five boards. But the three of nine from distance, which led the team tonight, <laughs> and, you know, not really a great thing, but he did complete three. It took him nine shots to do it. Um, and three of 10 from the field overall is not something that you want to see on a consistent basis from Kevin Love. The other big factors on, you know, on that Cavs bench and Karis LeVert, who you really want to, um, you know, provide consistent playmaking and offense, point production, you know, things of that nature. You're just not getting that from him. And he, right when you think he's, you know, taken off right when you think he's finally found his role, his niche, his, you know, just a rhythm off the bench. He'll give you a night like tonight where he scores just four points and he goes two of eight from the field. So it's tough to put a lot of real um, backing behind your belief in regards to him remaining consistent for more than a game or two. Um, I continue to hold out hope for it, but I'm not going to be pissed off if I don't see it because it's not like we have, you know, significant evidence for that being the case. And then there is Jetty Osman, the, uh, the, the player that often seems to be in JB's doghouse at times, um, who has also become synonymous with inconsistency just because you don't know what you're going to get from him on a night-to-night basis in regards to point production. Seven points, three of eight from the field, one of three from three. Not great, but uh, he provided enough in his 17 or so minutes. So can't be pissed at that. He's often a menace in transition himself. We talk about that in regards to Isaac, in regards to Lamar. Jetty is also another one of these guys who can be just flat out fly a lot quicker than he looks and also is pretty money whenever he's driving and you feel pretty good about him and his chances of making a shot whenever he's on the court and whenever he is running downfield basically or down the court rather. So 
Um, that's the bench. You didn't really get a lot from them, you know, and even Hal Nettle had an appearance tonight, but they just, they didn't give a lot. And I mean, when you're looking at here, I, I believe they were able to chip in some odd 22 points, 22 points, which is not great, <laughs> just not good. And we know that the Cavs play with a very, very slow pace. It's one of the biggest gripes in regards to JB's offense or lack thereof at times. Um, the bench production varies. You just don't know which one of these guys is going to step up. Now we hope that the addition or re-inclusion rather of Ricky Rubio, who should be on the court sometime soon, the next couple of weeks, we hope that that's enough to kind of stabilize this bench, kind of get more out of them and, and get the best out of guys. Because we know time and time again, we've talked about what Rubio means to a guy like Kevin Love. The, the kind of looks that he can generate for Jetty Osmond and the confidence that he instills in these guys and put them in good positions to succeed. Uh, but until that happens, you know, the Cavs are just probably going to continue to ride out their starters, as has been the case for most of the season, because you're just not getting enough from your bench. So, yes, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Evan Moley, these guys are going to be Seeing some more 38, you know, 37, 38, 39 point, uh, 39 minute nights, you're just going to continue to see that become the norm because the bench is not giving enough. And um, I'm just not sure what that's going to change. I hope that Rubio is able to stabilize and kind of get more out of this group. But if not, they're eventually going to have to look at the route of going, you know, via the trade and trying to bring in somebody to try to help out here. Um, talked about that more than a few times. Do I think it's time at this moment in time to pull the trigger? Not necessarily. Uh, can I see it in the future if this continues to happen? Uh, yes, <laughs> I definitely think that they should be looking, at least looking. That doesn't mean they have to go out and execute said trade. doesn't mean they have to surrender assets because we know that we don't have many of those right now um, that – Kobe would probably be willing to part with that isn't bringing in if if it is not bringing in a surefire contributor, especially at the wing position, the three. Um, if you're not getting that in return, I can definitely understand why you would just stand pat and see what you have this season. You do have some questions you're going to have to answer from a contractual standpoint heading into the off season with the likes of Karis LeVert, Jetty Osmond. Um, and getting value from those contracts if you're going to – and Kevin Love – and getting value from these from these guys if you're not intending to re-sign them could take paramount presidents. I, I definitely understand the rationale behind that, and you could see that kind of factor in in regard to the decision-making for sending some of these guys packing if you're consolidating for a contributor at that spot. But if not, I definitely understand, again – Standing pat. So all in all, with that win, they have become the third team, I believe, to win at least 20 games this season, all of which are in the Eastern Conference as of recording this, which is pretty pretty awesome, in my opinion. Um, it is not something that should be taken lightly, especially with the competitive nature of this Eastern Conference. You have so many teams that are capable of competing uh, on, on any given night. And that's why you just, it's that no games off mentality. You really, really, really have to 
approach each and every single game uh, as its own, you know, threat and and something that should be taken very, very seriously. And with that being the case, solid win for the Cavs. And that's something to celebrate. Not all of them are created equally. Not all of them are going to be 20 point blowouts. Not all of them are going to be like this either. And there often seems to be few far in between. But nevertheless, getting back into the win column and doing that consistently, no matter how you do it, should be celebrated. You should feel really good about that. With that being said, go Cavs. As I always tell you guys, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can at It's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you'd like to be added to the exclusive It's Cavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot of said review to iscavalier53 at gmail.com, and we'll send you an invite. Have a good one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.